Well, they're still holding down a wild card spot. Our, our Toronto Blue Jays, a half game ahead of the New York Yankees after last night's 6-4 loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. Game two of the three-game series goes tonight. 7-10 first pitch as Alec Manoa takes on Drew Rasmussen. Kevin Barker, lots of talking points out of that loss to the Rays last night. First and foremost, because I know that social media was on fire about this, let's talk about the umpiring. Now, I'm going to remind people that Kevin and I come from two different places on here. Kevin thinks all umpires suck, (laughs) which is good and makes sense because Kevin was a player. Mm -hmm. I think that the vast majority of them do a really good job under difficult circumstances, but, Mm. but I still expect consistency. I don't care if you've got a bad strike zone necessarily, as long as it sucks in the first pitch and sucks in the final pitch of the game. Baseball is a game of adjustments, and guess what? Until we have an electronic strike zone, adjusting to the umpire strike zone is going to be it's going to be part of those adjustments. It's something pitchers mm-hmm. are going to, pitchers have to adjust to, and something hitters have to adjust to. So, Kevin, let's talk about last night's game in particular, though, because the nature of the game. You know, the way it ended, bases loaded, and the way we know the Toronto Blue Jays are capable of scoring runs. There were points and there were pitches in that game that were, well, there were a couple of really bad calls. Uh, There were a couple of borderline calls in the ninth inning that didn't go the Jays' way. So my first question to you generally, how much blame does Ron Culpa get for the result last night? And how much blame, in particular, lies with guys like Bo Bichette for going after a pitcher's pitch or Bravik Valera for taking a, a borderline pitch. Yeah, I think I think there's a little blame to go around to everybody. Uh you know, the 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 starting pitcher for for the Blue Jays wasn't really really good. You know, he's wasn't as good as he has been. That that's that's one of the reasons. Uh offensively, you know, uh, other than the two home runs they hit Really, what did they do? That that was a little bit of it. Ron Culpa, yeah, wasn't real good. But, you know, I, I have stood at the plate before with, with umpires at the big league level. It's not the first time that, that, a, that a team goes on the road to, to, uh, to face a first-place team and, and sort of, you know, gets it handed to them a little bit by, by an umpire late in the game. It's not the first time this happens. It won't be the last time it ever happens. But Kevin, let me just jump in here for a minute. It, it, Greg Maddox wasn't on the mound. It was a dude making his major league debut. Now, look, he's a great pitcher. He's got good we, – we talked about it before the show. He's got good stuff. Fastball's electric, fastball slider. He's kind of what the Jays would like Nate Pearson to be. Mm. Uh, but you're saying I, – I guess what I'm getting at is traditional sort of old-school baseball guy would go, you know, young guy on the mound making his first major league debut – or making his major league debut – you know, in the pressure of a pennant race, and maybe you got to earn some of that, some of that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about Shane, Shane Boss. Uh, beginning of the game, you didn't see a whole ton of of expanded strike zones. You know, you saw a little bit of maybe squeezing with with Robbie Ray, but that's you fair. know, Robbie, Robbie Ray didn't have consistent uh, release point on his fastball. He slide. That's the the worst slider he's had in 
however many starts, the slider wasn't real good. He wasn't putting people away. Now, the Rays did a really good job of not chasing that and forcing him on the plate. What did he have? They had 29 foul balls out of, out of 97 pitches. You know, Robbie Ray in his Zoom call after the game said he was he was trying to go away a little bit more. I, you know, I wanted to raise my hand and go, why? why? Why would you have to go away? You know, in the other five starts you faced the Rays, you didn't have to go away. Why, why were you trying to go away at the sixth start on the road in one of the big starts of the year? You didn't really have to do that. Now, that may have had a little something to do with maybe in the bullpen, the slider, the feel of it. It wasn't coming off the fingers right. He didn't think he could locate it. Whatever the reason was, you know, it was a collection of a lot of things, I think. But I think it gets down to the ninth inning. It's not so much up until the ninth inning. It's the ninth inning when, when Ron Culpa, you know, it, it's a – what was it? it? It was one of the pitches b- before the – the 2-0 pitch to Bo Bichette, that, that could have been 2-0 instead of 1-1. Uh, but again, in that at bat, Bo, for me, chased a pitcher's pitch, got himself out, the little fly ball to right field. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, there was a, a pitch in that at bat that probably could have changed the count, but he chased a slider off the plate for strike three. He probably didn't have to do that. Bravik Valera, right, took a, a fastball on the plate. For strike three to end the game, you know, you have, if you're if you're thinking you're you're not so much thinking about the three one pitch that was called against you, that was a ball wasn't even close to big league level. Umpires at that situation of the game could never miss that, and and he did. So it was, you know, accumulation of for me some at bats that you know you 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 were screwed a little. You you mm-hmm. step out, you you take a deep breath, you understand. I know everything that I did right to be to allow myself to take that pitch because I knew it was a ball out of the hand. It wasn't. It was called against me. Now I battle. Now I stick my nose in there. I'm fighting to get my pitch because my team needs me in the situation that I'm being put in here. And it just so happens it didn't work out. And you know, you you, you try and erase that as soon as you can. You you as soon as you walk off the field, that's a race. You you think about tomorrow, the guy you're facing, Drew Rasmussen. How did he get me out the last time we faced him? You know, it was mainly fastball away, slider away. So I'm looking for one of those two. I'm hopefully, you know, mechanically sound enough that I can drive down and through the baseball, think the other way, and hopefully I can get some hits that way. But they're a good team. They're a good lineup. They'll figure out today how to have better at bats and, and erase what happened to them in the ninth inning. And you move on and, and you try and take two out of three. All right. Let's, uh, now that we've addressed the strike zone, I want to talk about a couple of issues, uh, issues, things. Uh, we should mention, by the way, that Ross Stripling, we believe, will pitch tomorrow. He's going to pitch the bulk innings. Kevin, to me, well, let's, okay, <laughs> deal with what I wanted to deal with because it kind of dovetails with that. We saw Nate Pearson, Julian Merriweather, and Ryan Barucki yesterday, uh, which I'm glad we saw them. Because we have talked about the fact there are two bullpens right now with the Blue Jays. There's the A bullpen, which is Simba Richards, Meza, Romano. And then there's the B bullpen, which are these guys. Now, I think that for this team to have success in the playoffs, you are going to need one of these three guys to come good, or at least one of these three guys to, to be able to contribute. Uh. That That's just me. Uh, it would certainly help. I think we can all agree it would certainly help if one of these, if one of these three guys could contribute. None of them impressed me last night. Yeah, well, look, for, for me, the wild card game, the, the three that you were talking about, it's Barucki, Merriweather, and Pearson. In the wild card game, none of those three get the ball for me. None of those three. I'd, I'd rather use a Barrios to Bridget to Meza and Romano than to see 
you know, Nate Pearson's fastball down that for whatever reason, is he tipping the pitch? I Look, yeah, yeah, Siddle was saying that, uh, I, I think maybe in the eighth inning that he was seeing glove was moving, <clears throat> excuse me, glove was moving a little bit on the slider. Glove wasn't moving on the fastball. Now I went back and looked at that. It's, if it happens, it's very, very minor. You you would have to have just electric eyes to be able to see. It, it may be. Maybe that's the one thing that you can see standing in the batter's box that you can't really see that well when you're watching it on tape. You're watching it live while he's doing it. Maybe you can see it better in, in the batter's box. It's, it's a very minor thing, but it doesn't take a lot. Maybe that's the case. Or... Maybe his fastball just doesn't play at the big league level. Now, I will say this. Okay, explain that well, before you, you go if, on. Explain if, that If for you've us. noticed, when the ball's down against him to good hitters, they hit that ball really hard. It, it just seems like there's not a ton of life to it. Uh, they pick it up out of his hand. Uh, you, it just, you could tell, the even their takes against the fastball down, it just, it just doesn't seem like it's got a lot of life to it, and it's, it's surprising to him. Like, it, you know, his 99 is like, eh. It's like 89. For whatever reason, unless you're actually standing in the batter's box against him, that you could actually answer why his 99 doesn't look 99 or doesn't feel 99 or doesn't react 99 to a hitter. But if you notice, when he throws it up, the swings tend to be a little bit more awkward. Uh, they, they're off balance. They're late on a lot of those. So, you know, and for me, until he actually can establish a way to both sides of the plate, that's way to a lefty, a way to a righty, I'm talking down and away. I'm talking away. And then he can elevate with two strikes and then flip the slider. You know, I guess if you want him to coming out in the seventh inning, if he, if he wants to get ahead of, a, of an aggressive hitter with a OO slider, okay. But again, it's 99. For me, I want him more to attack away, elevate away with something really hard, which is his 99 to 100 or 98 occasionally or 97 occasionally, and, and then sprinkle in the slider. But for whatever reason, that gets back to your point. It's it's just not – it doesn't look impressive. It, it doesn't scream, can't wait to get to Nate Pearson when it matters. For me, anyway. And then you get to Julian Merriweather. And the one thing that screams to me is sticky stuff. Now, I have nothing to, to back this up with. or I'm just going by what I saw early in the season with 99 moving all over the place. And you can remember, we, we were mm. coming on Baseball Central going, man, did you see the heater? It is just electric, has late life, and it's just – it looks like a power sinker, which he does not throw. It looks just like it's throw, it's moving all over the place. And then he threw the changeup off of that, which was like 11-mile-an-hour difference. For me, that screams st sticky stuff because if you're watching 97 now, what's it look like? It's straight as a string, and then he flips the little uh, secondary pitch. It could be a curveball, could be a slider. It just, it just doesn't look like it's, it's a lot, like there's a not a lot there. When a guy – quite frankly, should be well-rested. He hasn't pitched a ton this year. That's a good point. He should have, right, it, it just it should be vinegar. I'm ready. I'm coming after you. I'm attacking you with my best stuff. Instead, it just looks sort of a little bit blah. And then there's Barucky. Look, Barucky for me is a little hard to pick on just because of what he's went through, uh, you know, with the injuries and, and all the things, the shoulder, the elbow, the, the, the forearm, the bicep. It just seems to be a lot of things, and then he, and then he goes to the guru in, in Florida, and they fix whatever they're trying to fix, which is the the windup. You can tell it's a, it's refined of it's just simple. Like he is getting it. He's already set his windup. He basically just picks his leg up. His hands never move. He can get the ball out of the glove as quick as he wants and get to his finish over and over and over again, which is basically what he wants to do, and hopefully he has life and, and good finish to his secondary pitches. But – when would you use him 
in a, in a playoff game that matters. That that's the point. Is it's just I, I know you. Everybody wants and force and can't wait to see Julian Merriweather and can't wait to see Nate Pearson. And we we love Ryan Barucki. He's a great guy. He's been on this show a bunch of times. He's we we root for him. But when push comes to shove, when would you ever use him? That's that's the thing, right? Is I, I say this to you, and I, I've said it before. Runner on second base on the road. Would you go to either any three of them? No. There you go. No, and and the thing with Ryan Barucki is we all thought, and I know the organization thought this as well, that when that three batter minimum rule came in, yep. if Ryan Barucki's right with his arsenal, he's a, that rule's tailor-made for him because he's exactly the guy who should be able to handle righties yeah, uh, as as well as lefties. But, uh, yeah, I, I – uh, at some point at the end of the year, it would be fascinating to to find out what happened with Ryan Brucky because this is I mean, he's literally fallen off the face of the earth for the most part. And I'm with you. I, I mean, I, 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 I can't trust him right now. Certainly not in a wild card game. Yeah, he, he threw a two strike change up to a lefty, hit a home run off him last yeah, last night. Is, I, I just, I look, I want him to throw his change up all the time because he's got a ton of confidence in it, and it does have good sync. He pronates it well. He has confidence in throwing it, but that that's the that's the issue is when you throw a lefty on a lefty a change up. If you don't get it down, and it doesn't have a little bit of movement to it, it's real easy for a lefty to create backspin. And that's what happened last night is you leave a little up, he can backspin it. It's an easy home run because it's a BP heater. That That's the whole thing. And, and look, is, is he have a long-term future? Of course of course he does. He adds a little bit more confidence. He refines that delivery a little bit more. He understands and gets life and, and maintains the velocity. Yeah, but this year, push comes to shove. For me, I just don't think you can use him when it matters. As always, the text line is open. Five ninety five nine. If you want to vent about umpiring, I go ahead and vent <laughs> about umpiring. But again, bear in mind that you got one guy who thinks they they are the they're, they're the worst the worst people on the planet. That's not true. There there's some good ones, but, but there's a lot be, more bad ones. Well, there you go. Uh, is Joe West behind the plate tonight? He sure I, is. Well, that I might be the leader is. of the bad ones. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! What? No no <laughs> no 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 no. That's Angel Hernandez. Oh, Come on yeah. now. Come on now. Potato, potato. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, but if you want to vent about umpires, uh, feel free. You got some thoughts on, uh, on on the Jays' bullpen. I'll ask you. Uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Bark. Do you have confidence in any of those three arms? Pearson, Baraki, or Julian Merriweather. What do you think Nate Pearson is? Five ninety five ninety is the text line. Arrestus Destrada, Rays analyst, joins us in a few minutes. Will Middlebrooks joins us as well. We are going to each day for the rest of the season as we get through this wild card race. We are going to uh, focus at least once on the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, every day. So today we'll focus on the Red Sox. We'll focus on the Yankees as well. The next time, of course, the Jays play the Yankees as well at the Rogers Center on Monday. The Jays lineup for tonight's game. Uh, no real surprises, I guess. George Springer is leading off in DHing. Marcus Semyon's at second base. Vladdy's at first. Bo is at short. Teoscar Hernandez and right. Alejandro Kirk behind the plate. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field. Corey Dickerson's at center. Bravik Valera uh, at third base. For the Tampa Bay Rays, Brandon Lau at second base. G-Man Choi, Yandy Diaz, Austin Meadows, Joey Wendell, Manuel Margot, Kevin Kiermaier, Mike Zanino 
and Brett Phillips. Drew Rasmussen will make his second appearance against the Blue Jays. Alec Manoa on the mound against the Rays as uh, the Jays look to uh, to respond, to recover from, to respond to that 6-4 loss last night. Uh, Kevin Shane Boz, a guy we're going to be seeing a lot of in this in this division. Yep. Um, what did you make of him? He looks like a right-handed Robbie Ray. He looks like what he he's he's what you would if you closed your eyes, he's what you would like Nate Pearson to be, isn't he? Yeah. Look again, the the comparisons to Nate Pearson. I don't think you know. I don't think Pete Walker knows. I don't think I know. Maybe the Blue Jays organization as a whole don't know what Nate Pearson is yet. But Shane Boz, I, I, we we could envision what that looks like. You know that 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 is controlling all quadrants of the strike zone with power. Uh, he can tunnel a slider off that. He can control that. You know, he sprinkled in some curveballs. I, I know that was one of the things they were trying to do in the minor leagues because he's having a real tough time throwing strike one. You know, it, it was a, a, a real issue with, you know, efficiency on you You want action in three pitches. He just couldn't do that because of strike one. And, and he was trying to do it with, with more than two pitches, which some guys don't need to do that. You know, when you throw 99 and can locate that to all quarters of the strike zone, why do you need three pitches? And and we saw that last night. You know, he he made Vladdy look not Vladdy. And and <laughs> there's not there's not a ton of, of pitchers at the big league level this year have done that to Vladdy. Now you could see Vladdy a couple of times. He'd throw the slider. Uh, he he would throw, which they're saying that that Boss has the best slider in their organization. And you could argue that like that thing was tunneling and it had late live to it. Uh, it was strike to ball. And when you can do that after you throw 99 miles an hour where you want to throw it. It's going to look a little bit like that. And you can see, you know, good hitters in the Blue Jays lineup. We're looking at the scoreboard, wondering what that was. And that would tell you they were having a real tough time picking up spin. And when you're having trouble t- picking up spin from a guy that throws that hard, this is sort of what it looks like. But this, this is the Blue This is the race. Like, the, this is why it's just very hard to root for the race. Like, for me, that, that's just because they always just continue to roll out arms. That you're like, well, hang on. Why? So that's why, why you is, can't. Yes. So you basically don't like the Rays because they're good. They're <laughs> yeah. good at, at, at the thing every team in Take, baseball is trying to do. They're, they're, well, yeah, well, they're, they're good at taking advantage of, of teams like the Pirates. <laughs> and say, oh, that is true. And saying, are you crazy uh, that you're going to give point. us three guys like that? And, no, by the way, you're going to give us two starters that throw a bazillion. And Think about are that. Gonna Tyler be- Glasnow, yeah. Tyler Glasnow, Austin Meadows, and Shane Boz. Crazy. For Chris Archer, it's, who it's, ended up back with Tampa. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just it's it's exactly what the Rays do. And and it's just little things that they've done, right? Well, uh, Boz is a young guy who liked to throw a curveball. Well, you're going to come over here, and you're not going to throw a curveball because you can't throw it enough for strikes, and we want you to be more efficient. We don't need you to go seven innings. We want you to mm-hmm. go the best five innings that you can go every time you start the, that better than anybody on the on planet Earth, and that's the little adjustment they make and. You know, you could just tell it is easy cheese with a tunnel and slider. Who wouldn't like that? No, it is uh, It is something else. And, again, I keep reminding people the Rays are doing what they're doing without without Tyler Glasnow. They're doing what they're doing with Blake Snell having been traded. Um, I, I mean, yeah. The, the, there's a lot of Drew Rasmussen going on. That, that's all I'll there, say. There, there is, of... and I, I bet you, if you went up to to fifteen baseball fans and said, "Name five guys in the lineup for the Tampa Bay Rays," that they couldn't do it. 
They just, they just roll out guys that, that just, you're like, how? Who? Like, Yandy Diaz beat the Blue Jays yesterday. <laughs> like, for no reason whatsoever. He just had, he had halfway decent at bats, and, and Robbie Ray, Ray threw him four fastballs in a row and won at bat, and he, he, he got the head out on one of them. Like, it's just, it's, that's what they do. You know, they play really good defense. You have to beat them every single time. They throw power arm after power arm after power arm at you. And when the power arm's not in the lineup or not in the game, it's some guy that can flip a slider like 50 times in a row and get righties out over and over and over again. It's, you know, if you're not a Rays fan, it's very frustrating to watch. I got to be honest with you. Arrestus Destrada, I think he might be a Rays fan. I know this. He is a Rays analyst. He'll join us next. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right. Welcome back to Baseball Central, ahead of tonight's Jays-Rays game. First pitch is 7-10 from the top. Ben Wagner has the call. He joins us in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll see if Ben, Kevin Barker, can give us any insight on the decision to have Gabriel Marino uh, go to AAA today uh, after coming off the, uh, the IL. I mean, I, I guess it's a chance to let him, let him get some action in uh, before the end of the year. He is, of course, the Jays catching. Uh, he's their top prospect. And, it, you know, I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be here at the start of next year. I don't know if he could win a job at a spring training. I tend to think he can't, but he's mm. certainly uh, he he's certainly in the picture. Yeah, you know, Well, he's this organization's number one catcher at some point. Uh, in the next the next eighteen months, I would say so. We'll talk to Ben about that, and uh, maybe we can also talk a little bit about Alejandro Kirk. We get there as well. Well, we have to talk about Alejandro Kirk because everybody wants to talk about Alejandro Kirk. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. What'd you make of that play? By the way, we'll, we'll be joined by Arrestus Destrad in a few minutes. What'd you make of that play at at at, at home plate? Uh, with Kevin Kiermaier, the slide. Yeah, I, I think uh, Kirk made it harder than what it had to be. Just catch it, step two steps up the line towards the third base bag. He's out by 15 steps. Yeah. But the, he was the, the, close the, to being safe. Yeah, well, he tried to deke him, and then he tried to do the little funky slide. And then I, it looks to me like on video that he stole his, his little – his little sheet that popped out of his, uh, you know, that little wristband <laughs> thing? Yeah. Well, it popped out of Kirk's wristband, and it looked, looked to me like he, he swiped that and put that in his back pocket, too. So, you know, it's the raised way. Any chance they get to, to, you know, to do a little, you know, deep dive into what guys are, how guys are trying to get them out, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. You can, it, never... You, know, you, you can never do too much. But Kirk made it, you know, a little bit harder than it had to be is my point. Yeah. All right. Let's bring in Arrestus Destrata. Uh, former MLB first baseman, current Rays studio analyst. Arrestus, thanks so much uh, for joining Kevin Barker and myself. We we trust that, that you're doing well. Look, uh, you would have known, obviously, about Shane Boz, uh, hearing about him in the organization. Yeah. You saw that debut last night. To hmm. say that it went pretty well, five innings, two hits, five strikeouts, two earned runs. Yeah, I mean, that would be underselling it a bit. <laughs> he... he uh, He's just he—he's another one of those guys, isn't he? 
Yeah, he really is, guys. Jeff and Kevin, thanks for having me on. Um, first of all, this is, this is a you know exciting time right now, uh, obviously for the Rays, but also for the Jays and the way they've been playing. And uh, you guys over there in the Queen City got to be very stoked about uh, the resurgence that this team has done in the last oh, 20 games. So um, a lot of fun here. Um, I will say that I've been very blessed because in this calendar year, I've seen not only Shane McClanahan come up, but but three incredible kids in in uh, El Nino Juan de Franco. Then uh, Vidal Brujan also came up for, for a little stint. He's the future. Uh, probably at second base. And um, and then uh, last night, everybody aborted the, got aboard the, the Shane train, as I call it. And uh, that <laughs> kid that just kind of loose arm throws 100. Um, I had my producer uh, show the five-pitch first at bat with two outs on one of the best hitters in all the game, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., in which he threw him high fastball, high fastball, 2-0 count, and then he proceeds to throw him pretty much pulled the string on two sliders, got him to swing, and and then blew him away with a high fastball. Uh, the, the composure that, that he showed – and his showing has been impeccable along with, more importantly, probably the sheer God-given arm and talent that he has. Okay, where, where, where does the Shane train fit in the, in the Rays' postseason rotation? Uh, it's uh, easy express. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you why. Because, because, and I played in Japan for five years, remember, so I used yeah. to ride the, what they call the Shinkansen, which is the Shinkansen is like the fastest train that gets you from Tokyo to Osaka in an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and better, more fun, more enjoyable. We would have the first, the first cabin, you know, like a first uh, uh, class cabin. The thing was unbelievable, still is. So, yeah, he's potential of that. But here's why. Uh, our, if we have a, a knock, would be the kind of maybe the inconsistency of our starting pitching uh, because of the loss of, of uh, Glass now. I think he kind of has that potential. I'm not putting him at Glass now just yet, but in the big picture, Glass now's a you know a guy is still overall trying to prove himself for a full year in the major leagues with incredible talent. You guys have seen him, uh, but this kid is that special. So, uh, you know, a combination of the Rays. If they're one thing, they're a swarm attack of of a of, you know of a group of players that do uh, many things well. So they're starting pitching right now is a group of youngsters in Patino, obviously McClanahan, now a kid like this, and they're going to give you three, four, maybe five, and then you committee it with the great bullpen that we have. So that's what I'm seeing, and there's no reason that he, he wouldn't be a la 2008 David Price, a la you know, Mike, uh, Michael Walker 2013 mm-hmm. when he came up late in the season and then you know surprised the American League with, with you know and the uh, National League uh, in the ALCS uh, with great postseason. Okay, it sounds like uh, Wander Franco's coming back maybe Friday. Correct me if I'm wrong yeah. on that. But how how will Kevin Cash handle Looks him good. down the stretch? Um, I think looks like Friday, and yeah. that'll be delicate weekend. And then, you know, maybe he looks fine. And I saw him running uh, yesterday at full speed or on the bases, full speed. So, um that kid, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be crazy here and, and, and say some wild things, but think about what the Rays have done with the 90 games in, in, in you know, since 2000, I think, in eight, they've won 98 eight times. So this team knows what, what, what how to, you know, 
um, uh, take advantage of, of, of their youth and, and, the, and the players that they trade for. So I'm thinking this is like the Derek Jeter. He's not going to be Derek Jeter. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see him being here 20 years, and, and I don't know. The Hall of Fame is always a crazy thing to, to judge. But I remember the mid-'90s. I was fresh in it. And you had Jeter come up and be kind of the cornerstone of a, a Jeter, uh, Pettit, uh, Mariano, and, and uh, Posada, obviously the infamous uh, core four. You know, that's why I see the Shane Shane, possibly Vidal Buhan, and, and, uh, and our boy Juan de Franco B. Should remind people, by the way, that the magic number for the race to clinch a postseason berth is two. And there's actually two clinch scenarios tonight. Uh, the Rays beat yeah. the Blue Jays, and then the A's lose to the Mariners, in addition to a Red Sox loss to the Mets or a Yankees loss to the Rangers. So there are two scenarios there for uh, for the Rays to clinch a postseason spot in in front of their own uh, in in front of their 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 own their own fans. Um, you know, arrest us all. I, I'll ask you. I'll ask you this question. We we had Brian Anderson on a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him to compare this team, this Rays team now to last year's Rays team that went to the World Series. Now, I understand that was a short season. All the differences aside, um, what does this team do better than last year's Rays team? And is there an area of concern that exists this year that may not have existed for you last year? Uh, Yes, that's a great question, by the way. Um, One, it's, it's very hard for any of the 30 teams to really, really uh, psychoanalyze themselves last year. I'm not saying that it wasn't fair and we didn't, you know, the Dodgers didn't win it outright and it wasn't a great World Series, but there was an asterisk that year. Uh, and main reason is there were 102 games missing, right? 102 games. Having played, you know, the most that I played in majors 153, I know the length of, of, of a season. So, um, this is special. I think this is a better team. It's a more resilient team. It's a deeper team um, and a team that has had to overcome the marathon that is a major league baseball season. Secondly, um, as far as the detriment, I really think it's going to be how well our bullpen acts. Here's the thing. When you go up and down the roster, there's a bunch of new names that weren't even there last year in October. Fire Eisen and Chargois, and the list is probably four or five. So I'm counting on Fairbanks. I'm counting on Kitty, you know, Kittridge. Um, I'm counting on a on an Anderson, you know, that's that's back up here, and along with these these the guys that haven't experienced this. So that's the missing link for me, and and how well they do. They've had strong bullpen this year. They're the best bullpen in baseball, but uh, that that could change dramatically in in, in, a, in a three or seven in a five or seven game series. So offensively. Resilient wise, coming back from let's say a two old deficit, old two deficit, this team's incredible, and and they're they're, they're magically put together. Okay, Drew uh, Rasmussen, this is back to back starts for him against the, the Jays. You think he needs a, a different game plan this time around? You'll probably see a few more curveballs, which is not his forte. Yeah, uh, but he did pull him out there last start. If you remember last start, he did start featuring a few curveballs. He's so good with spotting the fastball. He's kind of like a a right-handed, you know, up-and-coming, you know, Robbie Ray, uh, in that he's going to feature his fastball, but it's because he knows exactly where to put it. And then his slider is dominating. But he has to become a great pitcher in the major league. He has to develop a third pitch, and I think might be the curveball. Maybe this winter you see him, you know, really work on a changeup. But watch out, you know, for, for a few more yellow hammers to hopefully try to drop in if they're working. 
they'll do really, really good. If they're not, this is a really hot t- offensive team, uh, and 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 uh, the Jays will 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 figure them out. Restus, thanks so much for doing this, man. Always good to talk to you. You guys are great, man, and uh, I'm excited about both, both teams. Nice. Fans, especially with the Jays being over here in Dunedin. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Take care. That's Arrestus Destrata, Rays analyst. No. And, uh, yeah, it, look, it's um, interesting hearing him 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 talk about, about Shane Boz. We should mention, by the way, that the Rays – uh, the Rays today announced that they're, and I got to get this dude's title right. Uh, is Dewey Robinson, who is there? Bear with me while I call this up. He's he he's part of their pitching. Uh, he's part of their their pitching, uh, you know, performance department. That uh, he has left the organization after twelve years. Uh, so uh, yeah. Here is Dewey Robinson is stepping down, director of pitching development and coordinator at the end of the season. He's been with the Rays for 12 years. He's been in pro ball for 41. So uh, part of that 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 brain trust, Kevin Barker, that that has developed so many of these so many of these pitchers. Uh, but yeah, but here interesting hearing Arrestus talk about Shane Boz and and about Drew Rasmussen too. Yeah, because you know that that <clears throat> when he was talking. It does kind of, if you can picture a right-handed Robbie Ray, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? The way this guy. Well, the, yeah, well, yeah, it does. But you saw, you saw Robbie Ray last night too. Try to go away a little bit more, and that's why he had the the twenty-nine foul balls. Yeah, for for me, sometimes these guys overthink it. Yeah, well, you, you're you know, right. Some, something's working over and over and over again, and you just think going on the mound, you have to change it. It can't work again. It's well, like when you throw in a slider. There you go. It, yeah, if if Drew Rasmussen. He had fastball slider away to a bunch of right-handed hitters and only gave up two hits through five innings. Why would you change it up? Why would you throw more breaking balls? If you don't have to do that, it's it gets back to that Robbie Ray thing. You know, what if he didn't go away? What if he continued to go in, elevated? You know, maybe that would have gave him a little bit better feel to the slider. Who knows? But I just, I think you're feeding right into the Blue Jays when you go outside the box and do something you're not good at. You know, hopefully, if you know if you're a Blue Jays fan, he does that, and he he hangs a breaking ball to Vladdy, and it's two nothing in the fir- after the first inning. But if you're the, if you're a Rays fan, why would you do it? I mean, you throw that mm-hmm. hard, and you can tunnel something off of a fastball that has that much late break strike to ball. Why would you do anything different until they make you do it? I that for me is just overthinking it. Well, and and especially Kevin knowing that Kevin Cash's approaches. Let's get to the bullpen as soon as we can. Let's limit the amount of times the hitters see you. So why wouldn't you just keep it simple? It, it seems to me that one of the beauties of what the Rays do here is because you're limiting exposure, you are, you're allowing your pitchers to use their best pitches more often because guys know they're not going more than five. Yeah, I would think so. So I, I would think it would allow you to... to to keep it simpler, yeah, I, I, w- I would think you you may see a couple of more uh, uh, cur- curveballs to a to a lefty or two, but to the righties, you're you're going to go power fastball away, sure. four seamer. You're going to go tunneling slider off that, and you know if Vladdy doesn't make you make an adjustment, if Bo doesn't, if George Springer doesn't, if Marcus Simeon doesn't, if Teoscar doesn't, why are you change? You wouldn't change. Want to talk a little bit about Marcus Semyon when we come back. He is on the cusp of history. He's made some history. He's on the cusp of making more history. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash.
on the Sportsnet Radio Network. When it comes to the catching, uh, man, we got three good catchers, so it could be anyone, any day, you know. And of course, we got Janice, you know, catches view and and Kurt who catches uh, Ray. But other than that, we we can uh, mix and match with whoever because they're they're all good. They all deserve to play, actually. That was Charlie Montoyo a little earlier when asked by our very own Ben Wagner how he plans on using the catchers. Ken Barker, we talked a little bit about this. You know, the fact of the matter is Alejandro Kirk is going to be behind the plate for the biggest game of the year. Yeah. He'll be behind the – if Robbie Ray – if it's game 163, he won't be. Danny Jansen would likely catch Jose Barrios. But if wild card game, Alejandro Kirk's going to be behind the plate. Um, are you confident enough – are you confident enough in his defense? Yeah, I think it's simple. He's got two, you know, Robbie Ray's got two pitches. You ain't setting nobody up. It's, it's, you, you got a 50 50 chance of getting this thing right. You just keep Robbie Ray in a flow, give him big target, let him throw to each shoulder. You know, is he going to block a bunch of balls? Probably not. You know, he, what he, he missed a, a, a block last night on a two strike pitch that he knew a slider was coming and didn't get the fanny down in time. Like it's, yeah. you're going to see that because he's young and, and just mechanically sound. He is not. He's in the game because Robbie Ray likes him. And he's an offensive threat occasionally, not all the time, occasionally, right? He can, you know, hit velocity if it's in the right spot. You know, you, you get some runners on base and, and he can zone up and get his pitch to hit. He's got good bat-to-ball skills. But, you know, am I confident late in a game, in a one-run game? Nope. I want Danny Jansen in the game. As soon as Robbie Ray leaves, I want Dan- Danny Jansen in the game. Oh, fair enough. That's uh, exactly how I feel as well we will go to the text line in a minute uh want to throw some things out there about marcus Semyon though need to talk about this marcus Semyon had a, a two-run homer in the ninth inning on monday mm. made the game interesting he's now passed right these are some big names he's now passed ryan sandberg for the fourth most home runs by a second baseman in mlb history he's just two away from tying the all-time record of 42 set by davy johnson Back in 1973, he's one of three players in Jays history to record at least 40 home runs and 15 stolen bases. Uh, the others are Sean Green and Jose Canseco. Uh, you know, Kevin, I mean, we've run out of superlatives for 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 Marcus Semyon. Yeah, but uh, that's boy, that's a that's a lot. That 1973. You know, when you think of how you think of how offensive this game has become. And how we've talked about the emphasis is on power, 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 power. Mm-hmm. You're challenging a record that was set almost 50 years ago. Yeah, the, the home run he hit last night was on an 0-2 fastball, too, that, that was trying to be a cutter and didn't cut, and it was right down the middle. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing that stands out to me. Not not only the adjustment he's made mechanically with his hands. You know, the last couple of years he was a tall guy. He wanted to drive down and through the baseball. He didn't know he had tremendous power. So what's he thinking in 2021? Okay, I'll, first and foremost, I want to get myself in an athletic position as quick as I possibly can. And also, I want to get loft on the ball. I, I'm, not, I'm not a line-to-line guy, so I've eliminated half the field. I'm thinking right center left field line. And if I can drop my hands a little bit and I can create loft with my barrel because I want to pull the ball. When I make contact, my my barrel is below the baseball and I get to a finish, I can create a little loft with that and I can hit a bunch of home runs because I got power and I'm short and quick and I got enough bat speed to hit velocity. Look, he, he has the same routine every single day, which is second to none. He leads by example. And again, we get back to this. It, it's, it's 
when you got a guy that can play second base that can hit that many home runs, you got to you got to think about it. at least think about trying to make a serious run at re-signing him back. That's just me. All right, five ninety five ninety is a text line. Ruben in Alberta. Hey, Barks, you and me have got at least two things in common. We nice. both know most umpires are terrible. And we both <laughs> can't stand Blair's race. Yeah, I'm, I'm can't argue either one of those. Got someone say, I don't even drink Tropicana orange juice when the Jays play the Rays. Okay. Again, use your name and location, please. Couple of real good questions here. Tom from Barry, Kevin and Jess, Kevin and Jeff and Kevin. Yes, Tampa Bay's got great defense pitching, but they hardly ever go all the way because the pitchers get burned out. Tom, that's actually one of the points you made that Brian Anderson talked about about the Rays bullpen last yeah. year. How he thinks everybody was talking about. Uh, you know, the decision to pull Blake Snell, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. But he thinks kind of the flip side of that that was, yeah, even though it was only a 60-game schedule, it was like a 60-game – it was like a 60-game sprint to the playoffs. And the Rays' bullpen was torched by the time they got to the World Series. They're just flat-out tired. Kevin, you talked about it back then as well. You could – we saw so much of the Rays last year, yeah. and it seemed as if we spent so much time talking about the Rays last year. It was almost as if we could watch the Rays and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, look at that, look at that. I thought, and they looked gassed well, at the la- end of la- the year. Last year, too, they didn't back into the playoffs. They, they had to work their way to get into the playoffs. Right. They were using all their their bullpen arms. This year, they're sort of, you know, when in doubt, you can back off a little bit. You don't have to use your highest leverage guy. You could, you know, give a, a, a Shane Boz, you know, who may have a couple of more starts, a, a little bit longer leash to give that one big-time guy that you know you're going to use in an ALDS more than other guys a little bit more of a break. So, look, look, this is this is why you're seeing the Drew Rasmussen's and, and the guys that can give you maybe five innings at, at 60 pitches. That, that's the one thing. And instead of four innings, maybe they're going to go five innings this year. Try, try that a little bit. That's why you're seeing the two-pitch thing instead of the three-pitch thing. You do it more with power. You can throw those two for more strikes. You know, maybe a Brandon Lau is going to have to do a little bit more offensively this year in the playoffs for them to go the whole way. But, you know, their defense and their arms are going to keep them in it for most of the time. Yeah. No, you're, you're, uh, you're absolutely, right about, absolutely right about that. A lot of folks weighing in on Nate Pearson as well. Uh, Kevin, you know, the question, if you had to move on from one of the two, Nate Pearson or Ryan Barucki, who would you move on from? I think a lot of people... Uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at Lourdes Gurriel Jr. season, and a lot of people in the city are looking at the Jays possibly going after Jose Ramirez if he's available, and that's understandable because that certainly does appear to be in the picture. But a lot of people are sort of wondering now, okay, uh, do you move on from Nate Pearson the way you moved on from Austin Martin? We had a texter who made a, 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 a comment about Nate Pearson that I liked. He said, Nate Pearson to me looks like a nervous high school pitcher whose overbearing dad is sitting in the front row with a disappointed look in his face. Like, I think a lot of people, when it comes to Nate Pearson, have heard so much about him for so long. And yeah, his dad was the guy that said, hey, Nate wants to throw the hardest pitch that was ever been thrown in baseball. I mean, I've talked about... I understand that velocity is not the be all and end all, but if you got 101 in your, you know, in your in your armory, throw it every now and then so that I can see it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm with you. I I don't know 
if the Blue Jays know what to make in Nate Pearson right now. I truly don't, Kevin. I'm willing to bet they have no idea what they Yeah, have. I think that comment's a bit strong. But I think Nate Pearson is fighting. Why is his 98 to 100 not working at the big league level? Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. 7-10 first pitch tonight, Alec Manoa against Drew Rasmussen. We're going to take a look at the Boston Red Sox. They are setting the pace in the American League wildcard race. Will Middlebrooks, former MLB third baseman, current CBS sports analyst, co-host of the Wake and Rake podcast. I love that. He'll join us next to talk a little Red Sox. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. little more than an hour away from first pitch tonight the Jays and Rays second of three games the Jays attempting to rebound from a six to four loss to the Tampa Bay Rays last night of course we are keeping an eye on uh, the other American League teams around the Blue Jays Seattle and Oakland are playing each other the New York Yankees are playing the Texas Rangers and the Boston Red Sox are starting a series, an interleague series, uh, against the New York Mets tonight. I'm not a big fan of teams playing interleague series in this late in the season. No? No, I'm just not. I mean, you should be – you're trying to secure the American League wild card. You should be doing it in the American League. That's just the way I look at it. I don't, I don't, mind, I don't mind the whole notion at all of, of interleague baseball. I didn't like it at the beginning. I'm okay with it now. But I don't know, man. I, I think you should be playing teams within your own league at, uh, at this time of the year. Will Middlebrooks is a former MLB third baseman. He's a member of the 2013 World Series champions. He's co-host of the Wake and Rake podcast. He's also current CBS sports analyst. He's a man of uh, a man of many titles, many opinions, all of them, all of them eagerly anticipated. Yep. Will Middlebrooks joins us on <laughs> Baseball Central. Will, thank, but that's quite a that, come on. That's quite uh, a buildup. It's uh, the least uh, I yeah, can do. Was, a lot to live up to. I don't know what to. I did to deserve that, but I appreciate it. Yeah. I do. Well, it's the least I can do after uh, sending out a, a tweet uh, giving the show lineup today <laughs> and saying that we were getting you on to talk about Botox. And instead you know of the Bosox. That made my afternoon because I, we got a good laugh out of that. No reason uh, here. Yeah, I, I know. And uh, that, as you said, so I ended up having to uh, having to resend it. And the truth is I sent the same tweet twice and then I had to resend it a third time. However, hey, that's te- what happens. Technology is hard. I get it. That's what happens when you get old. Uh, the Red Sox, uh, what, they've won their last five games. They're 11 and 6 five. in September. Um, you know, I mean, the two best teams in the American League in September, the Red Sox, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Uh, simple question, uh, Will, we've, you know, we followed this team. They've had COVID issues. They've had to work Chris Sale back into, into the situation or, or, or back into, back into things. And yet somehow Alex Cora, man, he just, he just keeps it all together. He does. He's just a, it's a calm demeanor. Uh, the, the way he handles that, that clubhouse, you normally don't see managers have too much. Uh, they have their hand in the clubhouse too much on good teams, unless you're Alex Cora. It's almost like he's one of the players. And, and you talk about COVID hitting his team. 
Uh, I mean, it hit them, and over a span of 10 days, they lost 11 to 12 players to COVID. And this wasn't just like bench players or bullpen, you know, not important bent, uh, bullpen arms. We're talking Bogarts. We're talking Kike Hernandez. We're talking Pavetta, Barnes, Sale. You know, and during those 10 days, they found a way to go six and four, which I thought was really impressive, uh, all considered. But that's just that's a testament to their depth because they're able to bring guys up from, from Worcester and AAA and, and to their, their veteran leadership. I mean, this team is, is made up of veteran leaders, and it starts from the top with Alex Corey. He's great. Okay, Will, they got, they got 11 games left. They got three off days sprinkled into those around those 11 games. How would that help them? Oh, I mean, this point in the season, I mean, you guys know about this grind. I mean, it's 162 games in 180 days, and at this point, you're everybody's beat up. Nobody's 100%. So any off days you can get, whether they're on the road or at home, take them. Do nothing. Get off your feet and relax. I mean, I know you guys are talking about having to play interleague play this late in the season. I agree. That's so weird because you just – you're fighting for a playoff spot. You want your best lineup on the field every day. And an American League team, and that involves a DH. And now you got a you got your starting pitcher out there for two at bats. Uh, and now it's going to change how you play the game with your bullpen and all that because you're going to have to pinch hit early. You're not going to leave a pitcher in. It's just it's a mess. You shouldn't have to do that this late in the year. You know, it's funny. Thinking back to the trade deadline, and there was a lot of talk about the what the Red Sox did or didn't do. You know, a lot of people thought, boy, the Yankees got Anthony Rizzo. He would have helped the Red Sox. You know, and I, I spoke to a baseball guy after the deadline. He said, you know, don't sleep in Kyle Schwarber. And what type of impact has he had on this lineup? Yeah, I mean, he's not putting up outrageous numbers, but he, he lengthens their lineup. Uh, absolutely. And I think it put a little pressure on Bobby Dahlbeck. You know, they bring him in and that just says, look, bud, we don't trust you over here. Well, Bobby's been one of the best hitters in the American League since that trade deadline. So I think that pressure helped him. It pushed him. And it, back to leadership, that gives this team more veteran leadership. Kyle Schwarber's been in the big games. He missed the entire season and played in a World Series and had one of the best World Series for anybody on that team. He's been there. He's been in those pressure situations. There's not too big of a moment for him. And the more guys you have like that on your roster, the better off you are when it comes to, to this part of the year. Uh, who would the Red Sox rather play in the wild card game, the Jays or the Yankees? Yankees. I don't want the Blue Jays right now. No, uh, this team is this team's scary right now. That offense is scary. Um, you know, everybody was worried about their starting pitching coming in this year, and they've been really good. And I mean, they're the second best offense in baseball uh, for the entire season. I mean, it's not just Vladdy. Like Simeon has a higher WAR than Vladdy does. Uh, Bichette's doing well. Grichik is hitting in the six-seven hole, and he's got twenty-plus homers. I mean, this entire line. Oscar Hernandez, we always seem to forget about him, and he's putting up a ridiculous year, too. So up and down, but then the starting pitching has really surprised me. Robbie Ray, you know, he's always had strikeout stuff. He just wasn't consistent and couldn't get ahead of hitters. And this year he's done it, and he's looked great. And then I thought a good move was moving Nate Pearson to the bullpen. I honestly think that helps you guys a lot. Uh, I think it helps him mentally. And, and you can ease him back into the starting role in a year or two if you need to, but this lets him get his foot in the big leagues and throw some big innings. But back to your original question, I kind of got off the rails there. Um, I'd rather face the Yankees. They're an inconsistent team. You catch them on a bad day, you can blow them out. Even if Cole's on the mound. We've seen Cole give up runs. Um, he, ha- I mean, he's an AL Cy Young candidate. I get that. But I'd rather see him than have to deal with the Blue Jays offense when, you know, what are you going to get from Chris Sale? Are you going to get four good innings? You're going to have to platoon, or not platoon, but bridge that gap to the bullpen with Evaldi. Do you start Evaldi? There's a lot of questions. Um, going up against a Blue Jays offense like that. So I think I'd, I'd take my chance with New York. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Now, the Jays have set things up so that Jose Barrios pitches game 163 if they need it, and Robbie Ray gets the start in the wild card game. Who starts the wild card game for the Red Sox, Will? Because I'm looking at, look, I, yeah, we've been talking about Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, Robbie Ray. I'm looking at Nate Uvalde, and, I mean, yeah. his, you know, Fangraph's war is better than Cole's or Ray's. He's had a he's had a good year. I don't know if it you know he's going to get a first or second place vote in the Cy Young, but right. who gets a start for them in that in that wild card game? Do you think that's tough between Sale and Evaldi just because of the experience between Sale? But Evaldi's been that guy to stop the bleeding for them all year. When they needed a win, it seems like he was always the guy to go out there and give them six, seven solid innings and and put them in a good position to win. But I I can see a combination of of the two. I could see, uh, depending on matchups and this and that, you know how we're in this analytical age of matchups and metrics and all that. Um, I could see, uh, I could see us getting Sale and then Evaldi coming in after him and then bridging that gap to the bullpen, who's been very good the past couple of weeks. Okay, I was going to ask you about the Cy Young, but I know me and you don't care about pitching, so I want to ask you, what, what's your <laughs> what's your thoughts on the MVP race in the American League? Oh, you know what? We about mid-season we were having this discussion. I mean, a couple of my buddies. It wasn't even on TV, not radio or anything. Was, and I was just hoping that we were able to have the conversation we're about to have. Uh, Vladdy, I, I mean, he's not going to win the, the Triple Crown at this point. Um, but the season he's put up, I, I want to say this before I get to my answer. What Vladdy has done is ridiculous. For a 22-year-old um, to do what he's done, changing positions, which I think the position change helped him mentally. It took some pressure off him. I made the change from third base to first base. When I played first base, it was just mentally less draining over there. Just catch the ball. That's really all you got to do. Just knock it down. Uh, I think that helped him on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I still think Otani. I still think Otani's the MVP here. Um, the season Vladdy's putting up, 35 guys have had seasons like that in the history of the game. Otani, this season, 2021, will be defined by what Otani has done. And, and just remembering what he's done. I mean, wrap your head around this. The same player that has 44 home runs also has the hardest pitch to hit in the game in this splitter. 067 batting average on his split. Oakland went 0 and 19 against it on Sunday. So you got a guy leading the league in homers. The guys are he's feared at the plate, and he has some of the hardest stuff to hit in the league. He leads the league in intentional walks. He's a pitcher. This is a, it, it's in, what he's doing. I think we're, we've become numb to it almost. It's just normal now because oh, it's just Otani doing what Otani does. No one in the history of the game has been able to do what Otani is doing. Even Babe Ruth, who did it, who he was compared to, he has surpassed what Babe Ruth did in single seasons on both sides of the ball. So I I love what Vlad's done, but I got to give it to Otani. Will, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. Take care. That's Will Middlebrooks, former MLB third baseman, 2013 World Series champion. He's currently with CBS Sports, and he's co-host of the Wake and Rake podcast. Now, Kevin Barker, you uh, you mentioned a little earlier in the show that uh, Kevin Kiermeyer uh, stole a data card from Alejandro Kirk. Well, well he didn't really yesterday. steal it, but he didn't well, let tell me anybody. It. He didn't tell anybody that he had it. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Shai Davidi and Arash Madani have done some digging. And um, this has turned into a bit of a issue, I guess. Now, I'm just going to – I'm, I'm going to read the story. 
And, Bark, I want you to jump in here. Kevin Kiermaier stole a Toronto Blue Jays data card shaken loose from Alejandro Kirk's wristband during a play at the plate, and the Tampa Bay Rays later laughed off a request to return the proprietary sheet. The incident occurred during the bottom of the sixth inning, and Monday's 6-4 Rays win had added another element of intrigue to the rivalry between the AL East clubs. Keep in mind, of course, that Charlie Montoyo is the bench coach for these for, uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Several Blue Jays declined to discuss the matter, while Rays general manager Eric Neander deferred comments, saying he had just learned of Kiermaier's action and was headed to the clubhouse to better understand what happened. Rays manager Kevin Cash later came out of the clubhouse to chat with Blue Jays counterpart Charlie Montoyo, asked about the matter captured in video. Kiermaier said he didn't realize it was a Blue Jays card and he picked it up. I never even looked at it, I'll say that, he said. Mm. But at the same time, I'm not going to drop it or hand it back. Video captured Kiermaier handing the card to Paul Hoover, the club's major league field coordinator. Once the Jays realized the card was missing, they sent a bat boy over to the Rays' dugout to ask for its return. The response? We can't hit Robbie Ray anyway. <laughs> Data on the card would include... This is Shy and, uh, and Arash talking. Well, boy, that does sound like the Rays. It does. Data on the card would include ways to attack various hitters and other information the team would want to be even more protective of. While approaches to certain hitters change often and yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. While not as deliberate as the Astros' sign-stealing scandal or the smart watch manipulation employed by the Red Sox a few years back, Kiermaier's actions will again raise the discussion of what's acceptable in the game with the adage of you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Funny story, Barker, before I let you talk about this. Back in the day in the CFL, like way back in the day, mm-hmm. even before I covered it, we're talking the 60s. There is a famous story about a guy who played for the Ottawa Rough Riders named Margene Adkins, who was a terrific player. Margene had a problem, though. He couldn't remember plays. So during the games, they would have white, oh, the white wrist, wrist tape. They would diagram the plays on the wrist. He'd come over. They'd put the tape on, quickly diagram a play. This is where we want you to run. He'd run back in the field, miss it down, come back out, all this. Once opposing teams found out, they started trying to rip the tape off his hand, uh, off his wrist during the games, and they tackled him. That's just a little CFL trivia for uh, you there, Bark. I, I don't know if that happened in, in West Virginia or Virginia high school, high school <laughs> football or not. Yeah. But, Bark, like, I got to tell you this. I'm looking at this. Uh, you know what? This is going to make me real unpopular. You know what I'm going to say? I got no problem with that. You know, if you're well, if well, you're, you're taking, a Rays, you're a Rays fan. You you are the. I'm not. You're the Bark. you're the only Rays cheerleader in, in Canada. So Bark, I, I can understand why you would say on. that. Come on. No, come on. Listen, 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 listen. Now, come on now. Come on now. Mm. You're telling me, right, that if you were. Control my voice. You're telling me that if you were Kevin Kiermaier, yeah, you slid in there, you got up, and there's this thing, you would hand it back to the catcher. Yeah, I would. I don't. I, I, I don't wow. Think, I, yeah, first, first and foremost, I, I'll bet you that will be the last time that ever happens. John Snyder will be over there duct taping those things to to every single one of those catchers uh, where, where that thing goes on and make sure that thing will never come out of that again. But yeah, it's is Kiermaier playing tonight? Yeah, uh, let me check. Yeah, I know where you're going with it. Well, look, you, you know you you. Yes, uh, he is. He okay, is. Uh, he's he's batting seventh and in center there, field. Come there, on there, now, there, you're not saying you want Alec Manoa to dust old Kevin? I'm do sorry, you? I'm sorry about that. Well, it slipped out of my hand. <laughs> My, my bad. 
Didn't mean to do that. Yeah, yeah. one thousand percent. I would yeah. do that. I would. Well, move, Ale- I would Alejandro for sure Kirk, move his feet, draw a line, say, "Come out here and get you some." That's it. Ale- Alejandro Kirk is behind the plate again. There you go. So maybe, maybe, maybe Kirk's wristband will just say, "Hit his ass." That's what it says. For- <laughs> yeah. Oh, number one. You yeah, know what that is? Our- that's that finger. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's the, the, the finger he's going to give him. Yeah, yeah I, the, I, the the grande numero uno. I, I I wasn't listening to the end. Did they get it back? No. Then yeah, that, sound that, like there, it. There you go. Then then Kiermaier's getting squared up, squared up, moving oh, feet, get grabbing some dirt, however you want to say it. However, yeah, whatever and you, you know what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. That is, I'm saying that's probably right. But here's what's going to happen. Hmm. It's going to be Joaquin Benoit all over again. No, it Jay's ain't. reliever blows no, his ain't. blows his Achilles or his calf out running out of the bullpen for a meaningless <laughs> dugout clearing incident against the New York Yankees. That if that happens, mm. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just I just find it I'm odd that, that that they got called out, have video of him taking it. And won't yeah, give no, it, no, won't he give did not, not. No, no. Sorry. Finders key, finders get keepers, you, losers, weeders, weepers. Big, get your big boys on your team. It's go like, over it's and like get cheater, it. cheater, pants on fire. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you see, you see how he he just he was like, here, look what I got. Put this in your put put this in your sweater. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like make, make sure you snap a bunch of photos that run up there, take oh, your geez. cell phone, and snap a All bunch right, of here photos. Here's what we're gonna do. 590-590 is a text line. <laughs> so now you know the story. Now you know the and story. And they still didn't get it back. Now that you know the story, do you expect the Jays to respond tonight by Dustin Kevin Kiermaier on your level of <laughs> outrage as a Blue Jays fan? I would right. I wouldn't be outraged. From 1 to 10, your level of outrage as a Blue Jays fan. 10 being how you felt when Rafael Dolis came into the game, right? Your level of outrage, I, 1 to 10, 590, 590, the tax line. Are the Rays at fault here <laughs> or finders keepers? Oh, that's what it is. They got called finders out. Finders keepers. Uh, I'm just saying, five ninety, five ninety is a tax. That's how much respect they got for the Blue Jays. We took uh, it, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> we can't hit Robbie Ray anyhow. Yeah, yeah. That look, you, that's okay. Uh, it's okay to make him move his feet a little bit and go. Well, my bad. Didn't mean to do all that. All right, five ninety, five ninety is a tax. I, Mister Barker, wants to see Kevin Kiermaier dusted tonight. He's out for blood. He's yeah. out for revenge, yeah. Mr. Barker that's a, is. That's a bit stiff. I am a man of peace, on the other hand. You and I, I prefer to look at this as humorous uh, as opposed to subterfuge. You're the, only, you're, you're who, the who only... Who are you with? You're the only Rays fan in Canada. So. Shut up. That's I'm not that's who what? are you with? Are you with Barker, who wants revenge? Yeah. Yeah. Or Blair, who wants us all to get along. Yeah. Now, if it was, if it was the Red along. Sox and the Yankees, you, you're saying oh, you, I'd be ready. you dust them like crazy. <laughs> dust them down, boy. If it's the Baltimore Orioles, you yeah. flush those you-know-whats, man, yeah. if it's the Baltimore Orioles. Mm. 590, 590 <laughs> is the text line. We'll take a break. Ben Wagner joins us. You're listening to, uh, what the hell are you listening to? You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Oh, my God, you people are vicious. We're dealing with a hot, breaking story today. 
Kevin Kiermeyer found a piece of paper that uh, had the Jays pitching plans. It was in that one of those little wrist thingies that Alejandro Kirk wore, and he didn't give it back. <laughs> uh, this Finders is uh, five ninety. <laughs> the text line is is in in fuego. Yeah, they said dust bring, him. Oh, they dust him. Now we got some of our some of our listeners went a little further. Yeah, than that. Joe from Ottawa. I'm 100 percent with Barker in this. It's on par with the batter looking back at the catcher to steal a sign. Sure, you can try that, but don't be surprised if you get buzzed on the next pitch. Now, several people are uh, there. Are people out there worrying about the situation intensifying? Somebody wants to do it next year. Mm. Um, <laughs> I would. Uh, Julius and Ajax says, make Brad hand pitch. That way he can hit batters and get away with it because everybody knows his control is poor. Uh, Scott in North Vancouver, KK should have some sort of retribution, but knowing Charlie, he probably thanked Cash for what they did. That's off base. Hmm. True, though. So, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of folks saying dust him. Dust him. You'd have to, you'd have to think if, if Kiermaier got dusted, he'd probably be thinking to himself, I deserve that. I'm okay with it. Let's bring in Ben Wagner. We'll have the call of the game. He'll have the call of the the the, of the dusting. It's going to be it's going to be a dusting. This is this is going to be a brawl filled game tonight. Seven ten is the first pitch. Sit your ass down in front of the radio or the TV. Do not worry about nothing else. None of the seats are changing hands in the election. Don't worry about it. All you got to do is watch the Jays and the Rays. Go at it. Ben Wagner, are you expecting from Alec Manoa tonight some sort of retribution for this callous, this callous act, this callous act I'm waiting of picking for... up a piece of paper that fell out of Alejandro Kirk's wristband? I am waiting for the microphone to descend from the roof of the trop so I can channel my Michael Buffer. And in this corner, Alec Manoa. <laughs> and in this corner, Drew Rasmussen. Boom. Let's get it on. Everybody, by fired the way, up. on the text line, they're fired up, and they're all with Mr. Barker. They accuse <laughs> me of, of being they a ra- they accuse me of being a raised apologist. You, you are the only raised fan in Canada. End of story. You were trending with raise up. You are. Mm. Yes. Anyhow, how about this? So what do you I, think here, Ben? First of all, first of all, on your scale of of outrage, <laughs> ten being how you felt. Whenever Rafael Dolis came into the game and you'd already been in the air for five hours and you knew he was going to drag the inning out for another hour. That's a 10. That's a 97. That's a 97, by the way, out of 10. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. One, it doesn't matter. Where's your level of outrage on this? Six. Okay. Uh, Six. More than one. It's more than one. It's more. I just, I am stunned at the entire sequence. I will tell you this. I will tell you this: sources in the clubhouse are not happy. I, I'm, sh- I'm they shocked. They are not happy. I'm shocked they didn't get it back. They in didn't the, give it back in the heat of the moment. I'm surprised there wasn't a bunch of jawing going back and forth. Be like, "Yo, KK, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, we saw what you did there, buddy. Why don't you t- do an about even face? More, even more reason to dust him. Draw a line. <laughs> no, even listen, more reason listen now." I, don't you have to give the race some credit, though? Somebody Absolutely over there for having, having, having enough of a sense of humor to say it doesn't matter because we can't hit Robbie Ray anyhow? <laughs> Come on. That's... The quotes out of Tampa Bay are good. Obviously, the Rays know this is an issue because Kevin Cash 
and Charlie Montoyo had a conversation on the field about a, about an hour ago about this too. So clearly they're trying to uh, calm some waters because the Blue Jays overall, the coaches are clearly upset at how things went down with this. And I can't believe, I can't believe the, um, the approach. And I read just before coming on the air here, I read Rash Badani's quotes after ta- talking with Kevin Kiermeyer, who kind of was like blowing it off and just kind of sweeping it under the yeah. rug very quickly. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you this because there are people in the text line who pointed out, look, you know, all kidding aside and, you know, levels of outrage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, people are saying, how would the Yankees and Red Sox handle this? Yeah. Um, you know, there is, if you don't take some sort of action, I, are, are the Rays essentially telling you, hey, you know what, we don't respect you. You know, piss off. We got your, your this this little thing. We don't, is, is that essentially what the Rays are telling you, that, that we don't respect you? I don't know that the Rays collectively are going to say that. I, I don't mm. know in this situation if it's me. I'm not interpreting it that way that the Rays. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kevin Kiermaier saw something on the ground, said, hmm, this is interesting. Let's investigate this. Let's pick it up. I, I think they've told you without saying it that by not giving it back to you what they think of you. End of story. That's just me. Think, yeah, listen. Think that, Huh? Maybe uh, are they saying come and get you some? Exactly. Hey. I, I think that's exactly what they're saying. Hey, I I also like I cover a lot of college basketball, not as much as, as some of the other people here in this building, but I can tell you by being at shootarounds, being at practices, there are scouting reports, there are playbooks. You know, the players have them, the coaches obviously have them. There are there are state secrets. They are heavily heavily guarded in those scenarios. The cards on the wristbands, the back pockets, in the cap. Those are equally as guarded by individual franchises in baseball. So Kevin Kiermaier is an outfielder. We know the Rays have cards in their, in their back pockets for the outfielders. The Blue Jays have something similar as well. Like those cards, if you see something laying down, I think you just snare it right away. You get it, you pick it up, and you keep moving on. And then, and then once you get back to the dugout, if Kevin Kiermaier passed it off to a coach, to me – that raises a little bit more of a question of really well, that's what you did with it. There's you no, just didn't tuck it in your pocket. There's no if. I was just watching it right before you came on, and he handed it to the coach, and the coach went look, peeked down at it, and then stuck it in his in his sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. This is causing issues in families. By the way, <laughs> Matt in Bowmanville says blood. <laughs> My wife loves his eyes, but I'm done with them. They're talking about Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah. So there you go. This is this is it's getting serious. Well, this has got potential. This is getting serious. Tonight. Okay. Okay. Let's can we can we talk about what needs to happen tonight for the for the Jays? Oh, uh, uh, jo- well, well, just quickly, I, I do want to because I don't want to forget this. Uh, I want to ask Ben about Gabriel Marino, and then yeah, we can yeah. get to, go, the, yeah, to the race. Uh, what are you hearing about that, Ben? Gabriel Marino hasn't played since what June twenty seventh with a uh, with a fractured thumb is with the Triple A team. Uh, is this just hey he's healthy and uh, you know uh, let's give Buffalo let let him let's let him play some baseball and help the Bisons maybe win a title. Talked to some people in Buffalo just a little bit ago about 
the plan for Gabriel Moreno, and the plan is for him to play. It's not just to kind of show up, you know, and just get his feet wet at AAA. This is an opportunity for him to get there. He's going to DH a handful of games. He's going to catch a handful of games. He's there to kind of take this next step and what everybody was waiting on and hoping for. Eventually in this season anyway, it was cut short because of the injury, but he's going to go there and, and play the final five games in Buffalo, and then the Bisons will go on the road for the final five games and we'll see what how he's feeling how he's challenged at this next level okay uh, uh, tell me if i'm off base here if this is what i see with george springer <clears throat> excuse me i think in minnesota for him to get hot offensively he has to play center am i wrong or right yeah uh, i think and i asked charlie montoyo about that yesterday about the potential of him getting back on the field defensively and is that going to help this lineup the answer is Yes to both. It will help the lineup if George Springer has an opportunity to get in there and play defensively because that gets the, the Blue Jays likely more at-bats for Alejandro Kirk. Right now, as Springer is DHing, you don't get an opportunity to get Kirk's back in the lineup more so. And uh, for George Springer to get this thing rolling, I think, yes, it's a combination of both. He has to get out there. He has to play defensively. If there are no limitations right now, let's get him out there and see what he's got and can give you at least an option defensively because yeah. right now Corey Dickerson is not an answer. Uh, the, the little platoon situation, you know, with, with Bravik Valera or even Jake Lamb going out there, that's just not going to work. That's just not going to work for the Blue Jays right now when these games mean so yeah, much. Yeah, maybe keeping the knee loose, running around the outfield might help offensively. It, it helps. And, and that my, my follow-up was, are you concerned about the turf at the trop? Because we know in baseball mm -hmm. that's the toughest turf in the game right now. It's hard on the body. It's hard on the ankles, the knees specifically. That's what guys will get angry about. Then to the lower back as well. You know, Kevin and I talked about this a little bit earlier, Ben. Um, Nate Pearson, Julian Merriweather, Ryan Barucki. We got to see them last night. I I think that's yeah. Obviously, you'd like to you 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 would like to win the game, but boy, I think if you're Charlie Montoyo and the coaching staff, you probably went to school a little bit there. And I think Barker and I are on the same page here. Uh, I, I, Nate Pearson made a little bit of progress, I think, since he's been back here, but. I don't want any of these three arms right now in a big game. I, I can't put it any other way. And, and Ben, I, I've just kind of I, I've thought all along that one of these three guys has to come good. To, if this team is going to go on an extended run in the playoffs, I just don't think you can do it with Simber, Richards, Mesa, and, um, and Romano alone. No, you can't. Yeah, you, you can. You need somebody else to step up. And they were hopeful that Nate Pearson was going to be the next guy in line. I asked some people on the field Saturday and Sunday, what about elevating the roles here of Julian Merriweather, Nate Pearson? Are you seeing better results? Are you seeing better reactions or more at least uh, an indication that hitters aren't as comfortable in the batter's box? And they thought Nate was taking a stride that way, but then all of a sudden – Last night, again, you saw a lot of comfort, and I know Joe Siddle broke it down on the broadcast as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit of a of a tip, nothing glaring, but just enough to make somebody a little bit more comfortable with the fastball slider recognition because that fastball does not have a lot of life on it right now, and guys are getting around on it, whether it's 100 miles an hour out of the hand of Nate Pearson or 96 miles an hour out of the hand of Nate Pearson. It's a very comfortable fastball for guys to – to attack Julian Merriweather is a little bit further down on that depth chart as well. You know, so that, that tells me the blue Jays are still trying to figure out in this week specifically what they've got. Okay. Other than the dusting of Kiermaier, what are you looking for from Alec Manoa tonight? 
more of the same, you know, more of the same for him against the Tampa Bay Rays. He had one clunker against the Rays. That was a almost two months ago now, but I asked uh, some people earlier today, what about Alec Manoa facing left-handed batters? Is it better that Alec Manoa is facing left-handed batters? And are you seeing him grow in this matchup? And he's going to get six left-handed sticks in the lineup tonight for the, for the Tampa Bay Rays. So this is a good one for me. Fastball command, and how is he going to change that slider? Is it going to be the swooping slider where he's going to try to back foot it or the one that's got some depth on it too? Which one is he going to play with? Because last time out, it was the one that had a little bit more depth to it and not the swooping slider. Ben, we're going to uh, let you go. Rest up the pipes. Round one gets underway. Uh, what? What are the who's who's in the preliminary? Who's in the preliminary card? Charlie and Kevin Cash in the preliminary card would be my guess. I don't know what what you would call that. What weight division that would be? Uh, um, John Schneider and uh, Chad Matola. Yeah. Oh, there we now. go. That's good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, that's you, uh. Yeah. Oh, that's got that's got that's got potential. That's heavyweight material right mm. there. Yeah, uh-huh. that is. We're going to let you go, Ben. All right, guys. Thanks. Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Blue Jays. Again, 7-10 tonight from the Trop. The Jays looking to avenge a 6-4 loss at the hands of the Rays. And the evil act of Kevin Kiermaier stealing, stealing from poor Alejandro Kirk. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Well, the plot sickens. Parker, what are we calling this? Uh, wristband card gate? <laughs> info gate? Gotta call info it war? Info wars. Oh, we can't call it info wars. That's uh, something a little different. Uh, the breaking news out, 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 of, out of Tampa. Hopefully it's the only thing that gets broken tonight. But the breaking news out of Tampa is that uh, uh, Kevin – did Kevin Kiermaier really say what you told him he just said? Barbara? Yeah, that's what it said. On, I'm looking up at the TV, and okay, he said well, – Here's not- what happened. So last night you saw the play at the plate. Uh, Alejandro Kirk slide in at the plate. That uh, was misplayed by Kirk, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. However, in the, uh, in the act of – doing whatever the hell Alejandro Kirk was doing, those little information cards, right? You see the catchers have them in the, those wristbands, and you see them checking every now and then. The Jays info card fell out. Kevin Kiermaier of the race picked it up, looked at it, put it in his pocket, goes over to the Rays dugout and gives it to a coach. At which point, who knows? I, I imagine the photocopiers, there's somebody's yeah. got a stamp, you know, no stamp, one uses stamp, a photocopier stamp, anymore. Yeah. Stamp. It'd be like one of those, you know, those spy movies where yeah, the guy pulls yeah. out the little thing and he's yeah, clicking yeah. it before the you know, before the dude returns to his office. Click, 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 click. Anyhow. Yeah. So the 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 Jays figured this out and they sent the bat boy over and said, Come on, man, give it back. At which point the Rays said, what do you mean? Come on, don't worry about it. We can't hit Robbie Ray anyhow. And Kevin Kiermeyer just went on TV and said, I'm not going to return it because it's September. So, of course, Kevin Kiermeyer is playing tonight. Alejandro Kirk will be behind the plate. Alec Manoa is on the mound. And, and you know, we're, we're, just, we're just saying here uh, that uh, it appears as if Charlie Montoya and Kevin Cash had some sort of discussion. And, you know, unless this gets resolved in, in a uh, while. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we could, uh, could be seeing a little bit of 
bit of nastiness tonight between the Rays. You and think the Kirk? You think Kirk writes something nasty on that little card and shows it to Kiermaier, and then the dusting commences. One of the uh, <laughs> listeners in our text line said they should just leave nasty notes for the Rays all over the field. <laughs> well, I tell you what, them Rays. Yeah, it's real hard to like them. Yeah. Oh, Barker, stop it. They're the little engine that could. Yeah, they are. They take it seriously. Cheater, cheater, fucking eaters. <laughs> cheater, cheater, pants on fire. Listen, how, how can you blame the Rays for taking advantage of somebody else's mistake? How is this any different than stealing a sign? If I'm standing at second base, how is that any different than stealing a sign? And we all know what everybody says. Everybody knows yeah, that everybody got... steals signs in baseball, but whenever you talk to manager, they say, our team never does it. But we all know that everybody steals signs. How is this any different? Well, it's not like Grand Theft yeah, Auto. Yeah, it sort of is. Uh, the card failed. Grand right, Theft fell Alejandro right, fell right in front of you. The catcher standing two feet away from you. You could have turned around. Catcher, with, pick it you up. You could have turned around with, hey, we're in first place. We got the best best record in the American oh, League. Come Here, on. take this card come back. on. Or you get dusted. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, from you're a telling me, human. You're telling me that Kevin Barker, playing a game of baseball, if that situation, if you were Kevin Kiermaier, you would not stick into your back pocket and maybe be a little more careful. I might not. You know what I might not do? I might not wave. Look at that. Look at I got! Look at I got! I might not do yeah, it that I probably way. Wouldn't, I probably wouldn't come out to in front of a camera and say I'm not going to give it back because it's September. Well, it is. I, September. Would, I wouldn't say that either. But we'll we'll now, we'll, we'll media find is the flame. We'll the national media the, has jumped all over this. Yeah, we'll find Bob out. Bob Nightingale, the, plenty of drama between the Jays and Rays. This exactly would this, see this. I'm going to say this now, and, and I do agree with. I mean, all, all all kidding aside, I do agree with what a lot of fans are saying. This is. There are people in this city who, for a variety of reasons, doubt Charlie Montoyo as a manager. They just do. And I, you know, I said on one of the other shows in our station, I, I, I think it was a good show. You know, I went on and I said, hey, listen, I, I thought I'd know more about Charlie's ability to manage a championship contending team. I thought I'd know more about it now than I did. This was at the start of September. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's showing me some things. Uh, he's shown me, first of all, that when he actually has a bench and he isn't stuck with, you know, 18 relievers, 12 of which are awful, and he's got, you know, Alejandro Kirk and Jonathan Davis as his bench, he's shown me that he can do some stuff when he's got some guys in the mm. bench. He can do some stuff late in the game. So, but Park, you know as well as I do, if something doesn't happen here, going to be the, a, lot of, uh, a lot of hatred for oh Charlie. there's going to be a lot of people first thing people are going to say is oh charlie doesn't want to upset his 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 buddies on the rays i mean you know that's going to be the storyline here yeah i think it already might be there just just because of the reason why they did he didn't get the card back he went over to his buddy and i air quote buddy and said i know what you did give me the card back and as far as I know, and as far as you know, and as far as everybody else knows, I haven't gotten any word that says they got the card back. It's too late now because you know they've snapped photo after photo of this thing. So, yeah. Mark, Scott in Vancouver asks a good question. And, and let's leave aside the respect for the Jays. But on a personal level, I like this question from Scott says, do you think the Rays do that? If Benji Molina is behind the plate, that's or a great Jose question. Molina, 
or Jose Molina? I, or I, I guess he's saying any Molina. Do you think the Rays? Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I was thinking because they they caught for the here, Jays. Here, His point was: Do you think they do that if it's Yadier Molina? Well, first first of all, I think a Molina is not going to let the card pop out of his wristband. That that's what I first think. They're going to do a real good job of duct taping that card where it needs to be duct taped and keep that as secret as possible. I, I think that's first and foremost. But yeah, I think they're all, the the Texers onto something there. That you know the the respect and. And from the other catcher of what he's done in the game of baseball, you know, Kirk really hasn't done anything. So to say that, that the Rays are trying to get every advantage known to man and is not afraid to do it right in front of you and not be afraid to come out and say, I, you know I did it. There's nothing you can do about it. Got to remind folks, by the way, that Joe West is the home plate umpire. <laughs> Joe West. I would love to hear the lineup card exchange. Yeah, I'd love to hear the conversation. If I'm the uh, Jays, I wouldn't give him my lineup card. I'd say, you probably got ours already anyhow. Yeah, yeah. Jackass, you got our card anyhow. I'm not giving it to you. Uh, John Snyder will be uh, the one taking I, the, card, the, the lineup card out, so that would be an interesting little conversation. Uh, Bob in Burlington mentions... Um, he said, I would have more respect for Kiermaier if he handed the card to the home plate umpire. Now, that I don't know if we talked about that a little earlier, but opposed to giving it back to Kiermaier, handing it to the umpire. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I feel about umpires. So he, he would do the wrong thing with it. He'd either give it back to him or... Oh, Ron Culpa? <laughs> no, say, say he'd do something that he's not supposed to do with it. But yeah, I guess. I, I just think he'd be big league to say, we really don't need this. We're winning. We're going to beat you. We've got the best. We're the best team in the American League right now. We've got the best record. Why do we need this? Uh, but didn't happen. It'll be, it will be interesting to see a, a young pitcher trying to make his way who is a giant human on the mound. Who Who's knows, already been suspended, by the way, who, once. And, 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 let, and, and I'll let you finish, Bark, but let me throw this out here. This team... Doesn't may not have Hyunjin Ryu for the rest yeah, of the yeah, They need Alec Manoa. That, that's they great, need Alec Manoa. That's a great point too. So it'd be interesting to see what the great Joe West does when when the the coaches get have their little meeting before the game and may say we know we know what might take place here. Well, and we're going to stop it right now. Now that may be the case too. So that that'll but be you know an interesting the conversation. Is, Kev? The problem is, Kev, you know, Alec Manoa is quite capable of hitting guys accidentally. Yeah, like I, if they issue if they issue warnings before the game. You got to know how to. I don't know. I don't want to even imagine what's going through Alec Manoa's head. There's a lot of pressure in Alec Manoa. There is. There is. Well, you know, you you got to you got to know how to do it without doing it. Got to know how to move somebody's feet, dust them, put them on the ground, and give a little look like you know why I did that. Don't ever do that again. That kind of thing. So it'd be interesting to see. I'm with you though. You know, it's it's. Do you really want to do it? It'd be interesting to see how the umpires handle it. Now it's a it's a it's a national news thing. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows what Kiermaier did. You know, obviously all the Blue Jays know it. So you know, it'd be interesting to see how the the umpires handle it. Joe West, you know, he's been around for a bazillion years. Raise your hand and be the big boy in the room. Maybe he can do that and fix it before it actually happens. But it's it's just adds a little bit more to it. It's it gonna put this is gonna put eyes to the TV set and. Hopefully, well, hopefully you know, there'll and, be a good outcome. You know, the whole cuddly Rays thing. Don't forget, the Rays, the Rays get in it with the Yankees, too. Like, Kevin Cash is everybody, well, you know, the Rays, they're, they're a miraculous team. The Rays do a lot of good things. Kevin Cash has got a little bit of 
Got a little bit of old school in him for you know for a guy who pulls a dude out with yeah. a no hitter in a World I, Series. He's got a little bit of uh, you know. Think about the stuff that went on between them and the Yankees. I right? basically. I don't. I don't, Basically I don't, called out I don't Aaron mean to Boone. throw. I don't mean to throw this off on Charlie, but just just, just imagine if, if, if that was happening to Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker went over after the game and wanted his card back, or or Tony Larusa. That's yeah. I look. It's I, I don't want to get a little old school here, but there has to be a little bit of that. How dare you? Like I, I don't it like is, that. It, it is Give a it common. I, I I'm with you in that. There are we. You know, we talk about the unwritten rules in this game. This isn't even an unwritten rule thing. There, there are things that, there are things that when they aren't done, show that the other team. I don't know if I'd say they don't, it, they don't respect the Jays. I, it's, it's even worse. It, it's so flippant. It makes me think they just don't give a rat's ass. Which is even worse. I, we don't care. Whatever, throw at us. Uh, whatever, big deal. Throw at us. Let what wherever it goes. I don't know, man. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Look, I, now it's it's more for Alec Manoa to go out and, and do some shoving, but it'd be interesting okay, to see the we, first at bat. We do have the Kiermaier audio, so let's play it right now. Thanks, Dylan. Let Kevin, I'll get back to you. This is Kevin Kiermaier talking today about the the uh, stolen card. When it was there, I saw a piece. I didn't. The play happened so fast. Honestly, the play happened so fast, and I picked it up. Didn't know what it was, whether it was mine or not. They're all pretty similar. And then as I picked it up, I realized it was that. I never even looked at it. I'll say that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not gonna just drop it or hand it back. Um, you know, I hope they. I don't know what their thoughts were about it or whatnot. At the time, though, I saw it on the ground. I picked it up nonchalantly, not thinking anything of it, and, uh, you know, haven't heard anything from it since. But, um, yeah, everything was so quick. And then after I did, I'm like, dang, their, their scouting reports or whatever it was was on the ground, and I grabbed it. Um, and like I said, it got to the point where I'm not, I'm not about to go return it or do that. It's September, whatever, but... Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I don't remember what I read, but I knew it wasn't my card. And then, like I said, at that point, I'm not, I'm not giving it back, or I'm, um, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. I hope I didn't offend anyone or anything like that. I handed it to uh, one of our other personnel um, in the dugout, and I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what happened from that point on. Well, there you go, Kevin. I'm happy with that. You are? He said he didn't mean to, he didn't mean to offend anyone. Yeah. I take him at his word. I, I knew exactly what it was, and I, and I took it, and there's nothing they can do about it. That's exactly what I heard. Well, but, 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 you know, now initially, don't forget, he's got a pocket. He's got a card in his hip pocket, too, because they've, they've got the, you know, the defensive alignment thing. Yeah, I'm going to Maybe go he on, did. I, maybe, maybe he look, just assumed it was his. Yeah, I, I think you're giving him too much benefit of the doubt. Let, let's be honest. The one that he has is not a giant one that was bent in half, like the one that he was looking down at. So I don't know. He said they all, they're all basically the same. Are you saying Kevin Kiermaier lied? I just I, I think it'll it's a it's an interesting little plot to this whole thing, oh. and I'm with you. The more you think about it, you don't want to lose Alec Manoa. So he's got to be real smart about it. But you gotta you know occasionally it's that intimidation thing where you you did a little something that's not right. We know you did it. I'm gonna let you know we 
that we know you did it, and I don't like it, without hitting him or or getting thrown out of a game. So it'd be interesting to see if Alec even knows how to do that. Or even if he wants to do that. I, who knows? Well, there you go. That That is where we are as uh, first pitch is set to fly at uh, 7.10 tonight. First punch set to fly at 7.10 p.m. Yeah. Kevin Kiermaier is hitting seventh for the race. Uh, I may have to get know. a speeding ticket. Trying to get hurry up yeah. and get home oh, for that second well, inning. Ben Wagner's getting ready to call it. <laughs> The Jays lineup, Springer, Semyon, Guerrero, Bichette, Hernandez, Kirk, Gurriel Jr., Dickerson, Bravik, Valera for the Rays, the cheating Rays, the dirty Rays. <laughs> the team that stole your heart and your card, the lineup is Brandon Lou, Brandon Lau, sorry, G-Man Choi, Yandy Diaz, Austin Meadows, Joey Wendell, Manuel Margot, Kevin Kiermaier, Mike Zanino, Brett Phillips, Alec Manoa on the mound for the Jays. Drew Rasmussen for the Rays. We'll be back tomorrow from 2 to 3 with your pregame show ahead of the third game. Then we'll be around till 7 o'clock after the game. Lots of calls, lots of texts. Big shout-out to Andrew Holland, who uh, in a very, 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 very quick amount of time turned around the Kevin Kiermaier clip for for us. As always, shout-out to Dylan. Shout-out to Daniele. Everybody involved with the show. Thanks a lot, boys. We'll do it again tomorrow. Baseball's next.